Welcome to Dayspring Church Online, where we share the message of hope all over the world. Our prayer is that this podcast will help you live a more fulfilling life with God at the center. For more information on how you can take part, visit us at dayspringpc.org. We are on a series uh, on prayer called 40 Days of Prayer, and um, uh, I realize I haven't told you a joke in a couple of weeks. Um, if you don't know, I always like to start, I usually like to start with a, with a joke, um, and I've been forgetting the last few Sundays, so here goes one, right, before we go into God's Word. It says that um, two grandkids went to go spend the night over their grandma's house, and um, when it came time for bed, um, one of the little boys said, you know, we should pray. And so they got down on their knees, and one of them began to pray, Lord, you know that I've been a good kid. And he's just shouting. And Lord, I could really use that bike. It's a BMX. They have it at Target. And it's only $120. His little brother looks at him and he says, hey, you don't need to shout. God is not deaf. And he goes, no, but grandma is. <laughs> let's pray. Uh, let's pray. Would you close your eyes with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your wonderful love for us. I pray that you would speak to us and that, Lord, um, as we go into your word, that um, we would be transformed, that we would be changed and renewed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as I said, we're on week two of our series called 40 Days of Prayer. If you missed last week, you can go online and listen to the message. In fact, I want to encourage you to do that. Um, how many of you guys have an Alexa device? Okay, if you have an Alexa device, I'm going to tell you something really cool. You can say, Alexa, play Dayspring Church online, and it'll play it for you. Aren't we cool? <laughs> so if you don't have an Alexa, don't worry. You can still log in through your phone, through your computer, through any device. I don't have a Google device, so I think Google probably does it too, um, or any of those devices. But you can go on there and um, listen to last week's prayer. So you're probably wondering, why a series on prayer? Why are we talking about prayer? Well, two reasons. One is everybody prays at one point in their life. Everybody prays at one point in their lives. Every religion prays. Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, Jews, Christians, secular people pray. Even atheists pray. If you hit them hard enough in the stomach, they'll say, oh God. <laughs> I'm joking. So we all pray. And, and the second reason why a series on prayer is that if we're honest, we're not that very good at prayer, are we? Come on, we're not that very good, and we know it. Everyone, I, I, I haven't met somebody that says, you know, when it comes to the area of prayer, I got it down. I got it on lockdown. I got my doctor's degree. I'm good at praying. I think for most of us, um, prayer is one of those topics that we say, yeah, I, I can do more of it, and I can be better at it. In fact, I want to do a quick exercise with you, okay? Um, don't worry, I'm not going to embarrass you. I want you to write down, but be honest with yourself, okay? Nobody's going to look at it. I'm not going to ask you for the questions. Write down one or two words that describe how you feel about your prayer life. Write down, right there in your outline, just one or two words that describe 
how you feel about your prayer life. And be honest. You're not going to impress yourself, okay? Just, this is just a reflecting exercise, okay? What is one or two words? You don't have to write a paragraph, okay? One or two words that describe the way you feel. When you think about prayer, when it comes to the topic of prayer, what, is, what feelings come up? What thoughts come up? Let me tell you what, what I know. It's probably a negative word. It's probably guilt or shame or it's boring or I'm inadequate at it. And here's the thing. God doesn't want you to feel that way when it comes to prayer. In fact, the 12 disciples, the guys that Jesus handpicked, look at what they said or what they asked about prayer right there in your outlines. Luke 11.1. 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to what? To pray. Now, listen, this is, this is really cool. Because these 12 guys were with Jesus for, for, during his ministry. And they saw him do miracles. They saw him multiply food. They saw him cast out demons. They saw him do supernatural things like calm the wind and, and the sea. They saw him um, perform uh, great miraculous things. And not once did they ask, Lord, teach us to do that stuff. But they did ask, Lord, teach us to pray. And the reason they asked Jesus about prayer, not about his miracles or his wonderful way of teaching and preaching or just the way people were attracted to him. I mean, they could have asked him a lot of things, right? But they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And the reason they asked Jesus about prayer was because it was evident in the life of Jesus that everything that he did and the, and the, 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 the results that he got were because of his prayer life. So if the disciples, the guys that Jesus handpicked, the guys that Jesus was going to send to the world to continue his mission, asked about prayer, I think it's okay for you and me to ask about prayer and to say, we, we, we need some help. We, 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 I, I, I'm not good at it. I get bored. I get distracted. I start daydreaming. I start thinking about the show that I enjoy. I need help with prayer. Anybody here needs help with prayer? Right now, one big reason why prayer is so difficult for many people is that is that you feel frustrated by it. When you try to pray, you're 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 frustrated, and that frustration, and you can fill this out in your outlines. Our frustration with prayer are caused by our misconceptions about prayer, and they'll put it up in the screen. Our frustration with prayer are caused by our misconception. Guys, can we get the screen? There we go. Awesome. And there's a lot of misconceptions about prayer. There's a lot of uh, false stuff. There's a lot of uh, uh, wrong theories. There's a lot of wrong approaches about, about prayer. And uh, what I want to do this morning is just give you four big ones, four big ones that I see very often throughout the series. We're going to look at other misconceptions, but uh, today I just want to give you four misconceptions. Then I want to give you four truths about prayer. And here's the first misconception about prayer. The first misconception is that prayer is not a magic wand. Prayer is not a magic wand, okay? Prayer is not a wand where you go, 
boom, then you get all you want the way you want it when you want it. Prayer is not some kind of religious incantation or religious spell that, gets, that, that gives you your way. Prayer is not this thing where you go, in the name of Jesus, you're a new husband, and boom, he changes. <laughs> Trust me, I've tried that. It doesn't work. That's not the way prayer works. Prayer is not also a genie where God pops out and he says, your wish is my command. We serve God, not God serves us. Amen. And the reason people feel frustrated with prayer is because that's the approach they have. They come to God and they say, God, I need a good job. God, I need to change my kids. God, I need you to do this. And then you expect it to happen and it doesn't happen. And why doesn't it happen? We're going to talk more about that. The second misconception Prayer is not a fire extinguisher. Prayer is not just not a magic wand. Prayer is not a fire extinguisher. A lot of people only pray when they're in pain. A lot of people only pray when they're in an emergency. You get a crisis in your life and you pull out the fire hose of prayer and you start spraying prayer all over the place. I lost my job, let's pray. I got cancer, let's pray. I found out my wife is unfaithful, let's pray. And listen, prayer is not the last resort in our life. I'm going to confess something to you. And I'm going to love you even if you do this. But because I'm your pastor, I want you to know my heart as well. It bothers me when people say, well, all we can do is pray. It's like, wait. Prayer is your last resort. Prayer should be your first resort. Before you get married, pray. Before you get a job, pray. Before you make a choice, pray. Because prayer is not an emergency tire. It's not a fire extinguisher that you pull it out when you're in a, when you're in a bind. The third misconception is that prayer is not a tug of war. Prayer is not a tug of war. A lot of people think that they have to wear God down till he finally answers their prayer. It's like God's got this meter and like you got to pray for like five years before he does it. All right. And some of us were like, please, please, God, please, please, please. And we some people think that if you pester God enough, he'll say, OK, OK, get out of my way. OK, here you go. That's not the way God is. You, you don't have to. You don't have to go into this tug of war with God. And also prayer, prayer is not this bargaining with God. A lot of people bargain with God. God, if you do this for me, I'm going to do this for you like God meets us, right? Like, God, if you get me out of this situation, I promise you that I'm never going to, and you fill in the blank, right? And, and, and we approach God like we're making a sales pitch, like, like he's lucky that we are giving him something in return. That's not prayer. And the fourth misconception is that prayer is not a ritual to relieve guilt. Prayer is not a ritual to relieve guilt. And I know some of you guys, you grew up and you were taught as a kid you were taught as a kid that every time you sin, you had to go say a certain amount of prayers. And, and prayer became sort of like a punishment for your sins. And, 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 and it might be traditional, but it's not biblical. We don't see that in the Bible. 
Prayer is not this ritual where you go and, and well, you know, I watched something I shouldn't watch, so now I got to pray five times. Or, no. You know, you don't pray so that you don't feel guilty. If, if you approach prayer in that way, you, you're, you're not going to enjoy prayer. Prayer is going to be frustrating for you. Praying is going to be boring for you. Because nobody likes to be shamed by what they did wrong. And, and as I mentioned, through this series, we're going to look at many other misconceptions that make uh, prayer dull and boring. But what I want to do today is now I want to talk to you about four foundational truths about prayer. And if you get these, prayer is going to change for you. It's been changing for me. I have to admit to you, I need a lot of help in prayer. In fact, I, I, you guys know me. I like to be very honest. And, uh, um, you know, I think that's why some people don't like this church because I'm too honest and they have this really high expectation of what the pastor should be. And, uh, you know, I'm flesh and bone like you. Um, one of the things that I journaled this week, um, I said to God, I said, God, the last five years I've been praying for help for you to help me get better at praying. You know, I know I need to improve my life. And I was just very honest with God. And I said, sometimes I just get too busy. Sometimes I just feel like, like I already prayed about that yesterday. Why do I need to pray about it again? And I was just very honest with God. And then when, when we began to study this, I realized some misconceptions that I had about prayer. And this week, I've been applying this. And let me tell you something. I've prayed more this week than I've ever in my life. And that's my desire for you that it would change the way you look at prayer so you're not like this punishing thing like, oh, I'm not going to church today because it's just prayer today. But that prayer would be something that you enjoy. So let's look at them. Four foundational truths about prayer. The first truth the Bible teaches about prayer, fill this out in your, in your outlines, is that God loves for me to talk to him. God loves. That is the first foundational truth when it comes to prayer. God loves. Okay, God doesn't need, God isn't begging you, but God loves for you to talk to him. And let me add something very important to that, and you might want to add it um, on the side of that. God loves for you to talk to him about anything, about anything. It doesn't have to be spiritual or religious. Did you know that? Whatever you are interested in, God wants to hear about it. Whatever's going on in your mind, whatever's in your heart, God wants to hear about it. God doesn't just want you to come and pray for the missionaries and pray for world peace and pray for those. No, no. He wants to hear what's in your heart. And God loves it when you talk to him for three reasons. These are not in your outline, but you might want to write them down somewhere. The first reason God loves to... to loves for you to talk to him, is that he loves you. He loves you. Let me tell you something, okay? And for some of you, this is the reason God brought you here this morning. You wouldn't exist if God didn't love you. You exist because he loves you. And when you love somebody, you're interested in what they're interested. Those of us that are married, I mean... It's good for you as a husband to have your, different, your, your things that you do and your wife for her to do the things that she likes to do. But isn't it true that because we love our spouse, there are certain things we take interest in that normally we wouldn't take interest on our own? Right? Because when you love somebody, you care 
about what they care. So the first reason God loves, loves it when you talk to him is that he loves you. The second thing is the reason God likes for you to talk to him about anything is where do you think you got your interests from? Where do you think you got your passions from? God gave them to you. God created you to like and to be interested in what you're interested in. He knows more about what you care. He knows more about what you're interested in than you know because he created you that way. So he wants to hear about it. And the third reason is that he enjoys talking to his children because he's our father. He loves it when we talk to him because we are his children and he's our father. Look, look, look at this verse in Psalms 103.13. It says, the Lord is like a father to his children. How? Tender and what? Compassionate. Parents, those of us that are parents, did you wait until your kids could start talking to love them? You love them from the moment they were born. Whether they could talk or not, you had deep love for them. I have a four-and-a-half-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old, and, one and, and uh, Maisley, my four-and-a-half-year-old, um, there's something that I really enjoy to do. We, 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 we like to chat, especially when, it, we're, when it's just her and me in the car, like when I'm driving her to school or we're driving somewhere and it's just the two of us. I like to talk to her. And I think she likes to talk to me a little bit too much because she also likes to talk when movies are going on, and that's when I'm like, <laughs> chill it, homegirl, you know? But, but anyways... <laughs> We, we talk, we talk, and she talks to me about, about cupcakes, and she talks to me about, about guns, and about jumpers, and about animals, and about colors, and listen, stuff that in my ear is a sweet sound. You know why? Because I love her, and I'm her daddy. And, and I, I, I would be a horrible parent, right? If I said, no, 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 unless you're going to talk to me about your education and your future and about your purpose in life, I don't want to hear about jumpers and all that silly stuff. Now, I, I enjoy hearing it, and I can't wait till Kaylee grows up and she begins to talk so that I can also have conversations with her. And let me tell you something that's true about you. Whether you ever talk to God or not, whether you ever pray or not, God deeply, deeply loves you. Whether you talk to him or not, he loves you. There's nothing you can say, there's nothing you can do that would cause God to stop loving you. And some people think they should only pray about spiritual things. And let me tell you something. Whatever you're interested in, God wants you to talk to him about it. And that's one big reason prayer becomes dull for many of us because we, we think we only have to pray about spiritual things, that we can't pray about that annoying co-worker or we can't pray about the guy that cut us off on our way home or that we can't pray about the fact that our jeans are fitting us a lot tighter. Like whatever your interest, whatever's going on in your mind, you can pray to God about it. Here's why. Because God loves it when you talk to him. The second foundational truth about prayer is that God listens to prayers that are sincere and simple. God listens to prayers that are what? Sincere and simple, okay? God hears prayers that come from the heart. You don't have to use fancy phrases. You don't have to speak in old English. You don't have to sound spiritual, okay? Let me tell you something as your pastor. Just be sincere and simple, 
I, I've heard people pray like this. And, and some people even like deep in their voice, right? Like when they're going to start talking to God, God, <laughs> Almighty. And they pause. They, they, they don't even talk to God like they would normally talk. They, they, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We're not worthy of coming before your throne of justice. Your glory is beyond us. We approach ye with humble hearts and a faith that moves mountains. We beseech ye to thank thee for this great meal. We're not worthy of it, but we receive it as a gracious gift from your unconditional. Nobody talks like that. God is probably looking down on us and he's, he's laughing, not at us, but he's laughing and he's like, who do you think you're talking to? Right? I think it'd be a whole lot better if our prayers went like this. God, I'm really hungry. And this tofu smells really good. Set no one ever. Thank you for this food. See, here's the thing. And if you, and if, if the first type of prayer is the way you really talk, well, then you can talk to God like that, okay? But for the majority of us, we just try to put on a spiritual act. And here's my problem, and I think this is God's problem with putting on a spiritual act, is that we don't mean half of the stuff we say when we try to act spiritual. We, we really don't mean it. And that's why I think God doesn't hear those prayers, because God hears prayers that are sincere and simple. If somebody comes up to you and they say, hey, uh, you know, tomorrow I got an interview. Uh, I'm, uh, this is my dream job. Would you, would you pray for me? I think a prayer in that, for that occasion should go something like, Lord, my friend needs your help tomorrow. I want to ask you to help him, not to act weird, because he can be a little bit weird, Lord, but help him give good answers. Help him remember the things that he needs to remember. Give him grace. You don't need to go into, into the foundation of why he needs a job. God already knows that. You don't need to go into, Lord, if he doesn't get a job, then he's going to want to come live with me. Listen, <laughs> if that truly is in your heart, well, then go for it. But if it's not, listen, just pray to God, sincere and simple. God, he really needs a job. And I would love and I believe that, if, that, that you can give him a job, Lord. So, so would you help him tomorrow? Give him grace. Give him, give him just help him, Lord, because he really needs it. Just sincere and simple, okay? Now, would you write this down somewhere? I do want you to write this down somewhere, okay? Longer is not always stronger. Longer is not always stronger. Now, this is not an excuse for you to only pray one minute a day. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is that, have you ever been around someone, and I'm guilty of this, have you ever been around someone that is praying for one thing and they're just saying it in 20 different ways? You're kind of like, all right, buddy, just land the plane already. You know, get to the point, you know. Um, my wife and I, we, we have this thing, um, most women um, talk more than men, right? Um, and, and as men, we need to be able to listen at times, right? But, but there's times when, when, when she's going on, and I go, okay, get to the point. Get to the point. And I think sometimes God looks at us that way, and he's like, okay, just 
Get to the point. And let me tell you something. Special, we tend to do that when we're praying in groups. I think God is saying, just get to the point. And I think everybody else is saying, just get to the point. Because God listens to prayers that are sincere and simple, okay? When you go on and on and you repeat the same thing, Jesus had something to say about that. Let's look at what he had to say. Look at what he says in Matthew 5, in Matthew 6, 5 through 8. He says, when you pray, do not be like what? Hypocrites. We'll talk about that another day. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be what? So they're doing it for a show, right? I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. So God says, if you use prayer to show off, that's your reward, that people saw you. Okay? Instead, when you pray, go into your room, close the doors, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will what? Reward you. And when you pray... Do not keep on babbling on and on like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their what? Many words. Look at what Jesus said. Do not what? Be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So first, don't use prayer to impress people. God doesn't listen to that kind of prayer. Second, don't spout out cliché. I think sometimes we're so concerned that our prayers are going to be too short that we use fillers. Can I tell you some of the fillers that, that, I, that, that I hear a lot? I'm going to tell you just three of them that Christians are using today. The first one is Father God. Father God, we come to you, Father God, this morning, Father God, to thank you for this day, Father God. Stop that. I'm, I'm telling you in love, stop that. God, we come to you. Thank you for this beautiful day. Here's another one. Amen. Right? Like, we, we're asking for healing. Amen. And we ask that you be with them. Amen. And, and, and it's just fillers. And can I tell you my personal worst one? You're, you guys are too serious. Am I, am I hitting somewhere? Okay? Here, here's the third one. This is, this is I, in my opinion, this is just the worst one. Okay? And it's the contemporary one. Just. Lord, we just come to you this morning just to, just to be with you, Lord. Would you just uh, speak to us, Lord? We, we just need a touch from you, Lord. We, we, we just lift our hands and we're just singing. They're fillers. And Jesus said, don't babble on. Just get to the point. Do you want God to hear your prayers? Keep it sincere and keep it simple. Keep it sincere and keep it simple. Okay? So those are the first two truths about prayer. Here's the third one. Number three, you can fill this out in your outlines. God likes to show his grace by answering prayer. The third truth about prayer is that God likes to show his grace, his love, his goodness by answering prayer. When you ask for something in prayer, it gives God the opportunity to show you what he's really like a good God, a compassionate and loving Father. Did you know that over 20 times in the New Testament we are commanded to ask? If you're, if you're a child of God, you are commanded to ask. 
And over 20 times we find, for example, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. Uh, we find verses like, you have not because you ask not. And we've also verses like, if you ask anything in my name, it shall be done. So listen, God loves it when we pray because it gives him an opportunity to show who he is. Now, here's the thing. We don't get a yes for every prayer, right? And we know that from experience. In fact, many people stop praying because they don't get a yes to every single one of their prayers. I mean, you just heard my sister earlier say, we've been praying for many years for my brother to come. Right? And it seems like God is not answering that prayer. And listen, when you pray, there's four possible answers. Okay? Some of you guys think there's only two. No, there's four possible answers. The first one is the one we want the most. Yes. We want God to say, yes, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll give you that. Yes, I'll change your husband. Yes, you know. The second one is the one we don't like, and it's when God says, no, right? When you say, God, should I get that brand new car? And God says, no, you already owe too much. I thought that was for somebody, but second one is no. The third one, the third one is not yet. Sometimes God says, not yet. And listen to this. Maturity knows, last week I spoke to you about spiritually uh, becoming spiritual mature people. Maturity knows that God's delays are not God's denials. That sometimes God says, Yes, I want to give it to you, but not yet. And let me tell you something. One reason God often says not yet is because of our character. Because our character is not ready. Sometimes it's our surroundings, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But the fourth answer, the fourth possible answer to when we pray is, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I think sometimes God says that. I think sometimes we come to God and we're like, God, you know, would you let him look at me and take interest in me? And God is saying, you got to be kidding me. You don't know what you're asking for. You know, sometimes God looks at us and he's like, you have no idea what you're asking. And in fact, sometimes God doesn't give us what we're asking for because we have no idea what we're asking. We think we are asking for bread, and in reality, we're asking for a stone. We think we're asking for fish, and in reality, we're asking for a snake. And those are the four possible answers that, that, that you get when you pray. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you know of any parent that give their child everything they ask for? Somebody said, yes, we need to pray for that parent. <laughs> All right. You know, you know, it's one of those intuitional rules of parenting is that you're not supposed to say yes to your kid all the time. You're not supposed to give them everything they want. Kaylee wanted to play with the knife the other day. <laughs> Am I a bad parent for saying, no, you can't play with that? All right? But sometimes we come to God and we're like, God, I want to play with this knife. And God says, no. And we're like, oh, you're such a mean God. I hate you. I don't like you anymore. Listen. Sometimes God says no because he loves us too much to say yes to everything. And sometimes what God wants before he answers our prayer is to give us a bigger perspective because we think we know what we're asking for and we really don't. 
And sometimes God says, I know you think that's going to make you happy, but it's not. It's actually going to bring pain. So I'm saying no. See, one foundational truth about prayer is to know that God loves you, to know God's character, to know that he is a compassionate and tender God and that his ways are always perfect. God will never harm you just because he wants to get a kick out of it. God will never say no just because he wants to be mean. He's incapable of being mean. That's not his character. And sometimes God says no, or God says, you got to be kidding me, or he says, not yet, because, because we're not ready. Because there's something that he wants to do. Now, we don't, we don't pray as much as we should because we don't get as many yeses as we think we should. But let me tell you something. When you don't pray, there's a lot of things you're going to miss out on your life. There's a lot of things that God wants to give you, but he wants you to ask for them. In fact, look at what James 4.2 says. He says, you do not have because you do not what? Ask God. Oh, but we do ask God. But he keeps saying no. No, he's not always saying no. Sometimes he's saying, hold on. Sometimes he's saying, it's coming. And there's so many things. Man, this verse really hit me this, this week. And one of the things that I prayed is, God, would you show me the things that I need to be praying for because you want to give me? Because I don't want to miss out on them. I don't want to get to heaven one day and find out that God had all these things for me that I never asked him for. And a lot of them are found in this book. All right? Here's the fourth uh, truth. And this one, this one, oh, man, this one changes everything. This is, this is so key. And, and if there's something that I would want you to walk away with, it, it, it would be this. And the fourth truth is that God desires to be close to me. The fourth truth about prayer is that God desires to be close to me. That's awesome. I, I hope that sinks into you. God wants to be close to you. God longs to be close to you. Listen, he made you to know you, and he made you for a relationship, and he's waiting. He's eager. He wants to have a relationship with you. God is waiting for you to come to him so that he can show you his love, so that he can show you his compassion, so that he can show you his grace. That's the whole reason you exist. God made you to have a relationship with him. God didn't make you so that you can just make money and pay bills and retire and die. Don't miss the purpose of existence. You were created for God. He, he wants to meet with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. The Bible tells us that, that when Adam, before he sinned, that Adam used to have a, such a close relationship with God. They, they, they knew each other and that's what God wants out of you. That's what God wants out of me. Look at what Isaiah 30, 18 says. It says, the Lord waits for you to come to him so he can show you his love and what? In compassion. Some parents have the misfortune of, of having children to whom they can't talk because their kids are unable to talk. 
Maybe it's a physical issue. Maybe it's a, it's a, 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 a mental issue or a medical issue. But there's parents that know the pain of having a child with whom they can't have a conversation with. And it's difficult to love somebody so much and not be able to have a conversation with them. And yet other parents know the pain of having children who, who can talk but choose not to talk to them. Because maybe they've shut you out of their life or maybe they, they've distanced from you and, and you long, you long to be able to receive a phone call. You long to be able to have coffee with them and catch up about life and how are the kids doing and, and how's your marriage doing and how was your Christmas and so on and on. But although they can, they choose not to and that weights heavy on a, parent, on a parent's heart. Let me tell you something. Don't do that to God. God longs to have a relationship with you. And every day that we go through our day, and we're too busy to pray, but we got enough time to be on Facebook and, and watch movies and binge watch and, and do all these things, God says, hey, what about me? I long for you. I want to be with you. I want to hear about your day. I want to connect with you. And there's too many people. There's too many people that you know God loves you. But the truth is that your heart, your heart is hard. And you think God is going to punish you. You think God is going to rebuke you. Let me tell you something. You don't know God if you think that's what God is going to do. A couple of weeks back, we looked at the, at the story of the prodigal son. And that story is a story about the father who who loves you and wants, you, wants to mend your wounds, wants to heal you, wants to restore you, wants to help you, wants to free you, wants to empower you. And listen, God, every day, God wants to meet with you. Every day, God longs to meet with you. Sometimes we're not good children. And we say, nah, God, that's cool. I got a football game to catch. I got, I, got, I got some shopping to do. I got some social media to update. And God all along is saying, I'm waiting for you. I want to meet with you. I want to hear from you. And I want you to hear from me as well. Look at the passion in this next verse. This is, this is God talking to you, okay? Because God loved you so much. That I want to repeat again, that's the reason you exist. Look at what he says. He says, I don't want your sacrifices. In other words, I don't want you to just come to church and sacrifice your football game for me. He says, I want your love. He says, I don't want you to just drop some money in the offering plate. I want your love. He says, I don't want your offerings. I want you to what? To know me. And listen. There's nothing more important in your life. There's nothing more important in your life than a relationship with God. Your relationship with God here on earth determines your eternity. Okay, you were created for much more than to just exist, than to just make money, than to just have a bunch of to-do lists. You were created for a relationship. Don't miss out that purpose. Do you want to be with God? 
when your time here ends, you want to be able to be in the presence of God? There's something really cool. You don't have to wait till you die. You can start enjoying some of that every day. And in the coming weeks, I'm going to show you how you can pray throughout your day. Because most of us think that we got to kneel down for one hour and pray. And if, you, and if you enjoy doing that, and if you can do that, good to you. I encourage you to do that. But we need to be able to talk today. We need to be able to talk to God throughout the day. Listen, God created you for that. So the question is, I hope this is the question you have. So pastor, how can I get closer to God? I want to. I've tried before. Well, let me give you the two ways, the two things that you need. They're a must if you want to get closer to God, if you want to pray to God. First, you got to desire it, and second, you got to make time for it. you got to desire it, and I think a lot of people have that, but think we lack the second one. you got to make time for it. Say, every morning, I'm going to wake up 30 minutes before, going to grab my Bible, and I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to journal. Or I don't know, listen to a worship or go, go to the mountains and just sit in the beauty of the mountains and say, God, I just want to connect with you. But you got to desire it and you got to make time for it. Listen, if you feel far from God, guess who walked away from who? It wasn't God. He never walks away from us. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. The ones that walk away is us. We're like, we'll, we'll be right back, God. I, I, I got a girlfriend. I'll be right back. Now I got two jobs, God. I'll be right back. Okay, just hang on in there. You're going to be okay. I promise you, you're going to be okay. Look at what James 4, 8 says. Draw close to God and God will draw close to you. I want to ask the worship team to join me up here. Draw close to God and God will will draw close to you. There's so many beautiful, beautiful benefits in being in the presence of God, but I want to tell you one today that, that I hope it's an encouragement for you to pray this week. Would you write this somewhere? The closer I am to God, the less stress and the more blessed I'll be. The closer you are to God, the less stress and the more blessed you'll be. You know why you're going to be less stressed? Because you're going to know God is with you, and you're going to be like, yeah, I, I don't have control over it, but he does. And you're going to be more blessed because you can't be close to God and not be a recipient of who he is, of his attributes. And his goodness was, was going to begin to shine in your life. 